We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following the following the journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics, the podcast dedicated to all things nerd, with your host, the Podfather himself, Nate Phillips. Showtime, a-holes! What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey Into Comics. It's Journey Into Comics 246. I am your host, Nate. Hope everybody is doing fantastic later in this Monday than we usually uh, usually get the episode out, you know? It's totally strange. Yesterday, I went to record an episode of this show, and like... I was really congested, and I couldn't breathe, and it was so... It was literally so hard to do the show that I got like 20 minutes in and kiboshed it. I was like, nope, it's not working. I'm not putting this up. You guys are not going to be happy with it. I said, maybe I'll just get up tomorrow. I'll feel a little bit better and I'll try again. And here we are. I'm trying again. You can't say this isn't for a lack of trying because I definitely am doing that today. Is a very special day though, folks, because it is in fact Miss Veronica's birthday, my bestie. Just want to say happy birthday to her. She is an amazing human and uh, been very grateful to have some amazing moments in time with her. So now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into what's kind of been going on with us as of late. So we had planned because it was Veronica's birthday this weekend and Sarah's birthday only a couple weekends ago that we were going to use this weekend as kind of like the birthday celebration for both Sarah and V and they were going to um we we're going to go see two concerts over the course of the weekend. So we got tickets to see The Damned on Thursday at the House of Blues in Chicago and we just, you know, uh, I had to run down and get V from Lowell. We got up here, got ourselves together, got in the car, drove into the city. It was weird because I was kind of fighting a migraine a little bit, you know, and you guys know that I always have those and they're kind of a pain in my ass. So I, uh, you know, just was like, I'm not doing this today. I don't want to have a migraine. So I had taken a little bit of medicine before the concert. We drive into the city. It's not really a super stressful drive. I mean, it wasn't the easiest, but whatever you know it's one of those things like i drive in the city of chicago it doesn't scare me i don't i don't panic about it it's not you know it's fucking chicago it's whatever so we get to the like near the house of blues and we find this parking garage and we park and we walk to the house of blues and there's a line and we're standing in the line and we have will call tickets so we got to wait to get those and then and then we go stand in the will call line once they open doors and we get the tickets and then we're finally in the venue and we're like, okay, we got to go pee. So we use the bathroom, we get out, we go into the merch line 
and we're sitting there and we're looking at what they have. A lot of cool different options, posters, patches, and whatnot. We go up, we ask for a patch, two different patches and a poster. The gal running the merch booth is like, let me tell you what, this patch that you selected is the last one we have. And a dude in Denver spilled beer all over it. I'm just going to give it to you. Take it. It's like, oh, wow. That's super kind of you. So we, you know, we're very grateful of that. We walked into the House of Blues. And you guys, I've told you before that we're always on time. It's weird how this works. You know, everything always works out for us in the weirdest way, you know. So we decide that we are going to go, you know, into the House of Blues and, and find where we're sitting or standing. As we walk in, we walk into our old bass player, Rob, and his wife and uh, brother and somebody else. And, you know, it was kind of awkward, but it wasn't bad. It was nice to see Rob, and we chit-chatted for a few minutes, and then we went into the, to the, the actual floor area and got ourselves locked in. Now, here's the thing, man. Shows are weird nowadays because you do, you want to build to a crescendo and get the crowd into it. But that's exactly what you want to do. You want to keep the crowd into it through the whole night so that it goes by quick. If the crowd's standing there going, oh God, I just wish this band would get off the fucking stage. You know, like, that's what I'm saying. It, it I don't know how to explain it, but it's just like, the first band weren't terribly energetic, and they were def- they were self-deprecating. They kept saying, like, oh, we fucked that up, but, you know, you guys aren't here to see us. You're here to see the damned. And it's just like, if I'm on a show with a legendary punk band like The Damned or on any show of any, any show, actually, is a show that I don't care if there's one person in the crowd, 100 people in the crowd, 1,000 people in the crowd. I'm there to make fans of what we're doing. So I'm going to put my best foot forward and try to win those people over. And just saying, well, you're not here for us is literally telling the crowd, we don't really need you to engage. We're not interested in participation. And we know that you don't give a shit that we're here. So we're just going through the motions. It sets a bad example. It sets a bad tone for that first band. So they only played 30 minutes. Luckily, they got off the stage relatively quickly. There's like 20 or 30 or so minutes of carryover or whatever. And then we had uh, the second band play. And fun. They were fun band. But again, they were just in a different headspace. And they didn't seem like they were really crazily interacting with the crowd. They were just there for themselves. Again, totally cool. I get every musician's different. Not dogging on them. I thought the music was great, you know. Uh, but they waited like another 40 minutes before the damned came out. And at 1030, the damned start playing machine gun etiquette in its entirety from track one through. And it's amazing. And as the second band, I forgot to mention though, as the second band was like three quarters done, my migraine creeps in and just takes a hold of my head. And it's got me in the back of my eyes. It's got me in the neck. I think a little bit, and Sarah had made a good point, that the uh, the stage lights kept shining into the crowd, and it, it was definitely at my eye level, so it was getting me. Which I had even said to myself, like, maybe I should just fucking wear my shades in here, man. I should have. I really should have fucking had my shades and brought them. Because 
it was it was bad. It was very painful, is the way to say how bad. I mean, this migraine. I'm sitting there like, oh, well, there's a whole show in front of me. Another band has to perform before I can leave because I'm not going to tell V and Sarah like, sorry, right now we have to go because I have a migraine and there's nothing that can be done. I give up. I'm not like that. I soldier through. So I'm like struggling and I'm loving seeing the damned and they're playing songs I love to hear and I'm jamming on them. But at the same time, I'm suffering. And we get through their set and I knew they had two encore songs. And I looked and I said, can we go? And Sarah said, yeah, we can go. Like, if there's only a couple encore tracks, it's cool. Like, it's it's totally okay. So we dipped and we went. And as we're, we went to the parking garage that we had parked in initially, and there was a Dunkin' Donuts in the bottom of it, which I didn't know. Uh, 24 hours, so we stopped, got water. I was able to take some medicine you know, try to reset myself. My migraine was bad enough that I had to actually ask a V to drive us home because I couldn't. I just couldn't put myself behind a wheel of a vehicle, uh, uh, of the car because, I mean, it would have been dangerous. I don't really remember the drive home. That's how bad I was hurting. So imagine me trying to drive. It would have been maybe not a great decision. So I tried to like zen out in the back of the car the girls were up front having a good time and chatting and reminiscing about the show and what they liked and whatnot and 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 you know what or whatever they were doing I mean I think that's what they were doing uh they were talking and it seemed like it was about the show so that's all I know but um got home crashed <clears throat> Friday was a recovery day for me for sure uh all in all, it was all right, though. It wasn't awful, you know? I'm not mad at my Friday. It was cool. I got to spend some time at V's job and, like, see how she does things and see how she has to do her job and, and got an interesting perspective on all that. And, uh, you know, then then Saturday we got up early, went to Ollie's T-ball game, came back to Hammond, uh, hung out for a bit, and then took our time and drove into Lafayette to get some dinner. We were going to go to Bobby T's. If anybody's been in the Lafayette area, you know Bobby T's is the spot. Like, it's moi. I mean, it used to be called um, Pete's Diner, I think. But now it's Bobby T's. So, <clears throat> we want to go there for the chicken and waffles. We go, we park, not near the building, shockingly. Uh, all in the name of being perfectly on time for everything, mind you. So, we just park... At the first parking spot we see, we'll walk, whatever. It was nice out. We walk by this piano outside, and Sarah does dancing in the streets. She's playing dancing tunes on this outside piano. It was awesome. And we were dancing in the streets. It was great. And then we walked over to Bobby T's, and as we round the corner, we see brown paper bags, essentially, over the windows. And they're remodeling, and they're not open. <laughs> and I'm like, son of a bitch. So we, I'm like, we should just go to fucking DT Kirby's. That place is all right. So we go to DT Kirby's and that was a fun experience. And I ordered the curbside, which has like all their sides on their burger. Oh, over fucking stuffed was this guy. Let me tell you, I ate about half of it and was like, I think I'm going to die now. And we have to drive, you know, like what the fuck? Uh, I was so full. So, uh, you know, I don't remember what the gals ended up ordering, actually. Oh, V got the grilled cheese and mac and cheese and then them chips. And then Sarah got an Italian beef. 
and chips. And we ordered fried pickles. They were delicious. Uh, we left there. We walked back to the car. And I noticed it was kind of starting to get dark towards where we were going to be driving. And I was like, all right, we're going to get into this game. Let's just do it. Let's just go for it, whatever. So we get back on 65, and we're driving. And as we get past Frankfurt, we're getting into pretty much Lebanon. We're getting deeper into 65, closer to Indianapolis. And it's getting darker and shittier and stormier. And the lightning is fucking gnarly it's like 200 feet tall rods that are striking the ground and rumbling the vehicle as we're driving you know and i'm like this is fucking intense and the rain finally starts coming down and the rain really wasn't too bad we were kind of it's like we drove through the tail of the storm we'd missed the heart of it and drove through the tail of it which was nice because as i said we avoided most of the drama. I really hate driving in extreme, extreme rain. Like, some rain is not bad, but when it's so bad that my wipers aren't doing shit, like, fuck, I hate that. So luckily, we didn't have to deal with that. We get into Indy, and we want to park on the side of the street that the Mel is on. That's just kind of a thing we like to do. And we find a spot, boom, park in the spot perfectly. We've got the perfect spot. We get our tickets out. We go in. We're at the Mel having a good time. First band plays. They're all right. Then Rich's band, Gay Black Republican, played, and they were fantastic. That was a lot of fun to watch them jamming out. and wrote. They have some really catchy stuff. I mean, I really fucking enjoy it. So we watched them, and it was cool because people were coming up talking to us because we play the Mel often, so they know our faces there. And it was cool to see Rich's band because he books the punk rock night shows that we play all the time. So it's like, you know, it was just like a really fun experience to be out in the scene and not have to do work. We're always working. We're always playing the shows. So to not, I mean, would have been fucking awesome to play this show. Would have fucking loved that. But it's okay because... We got to experience one of the coolest shows I've ever been at. I mean, this legendary punk band, TSOL, selling out the Mel. Capacity, shoulder to shoulder, people are moshing, getting rowdy. The band kills. It's really surreal to see them up on this stage that we play on, you know. And um, that was really fucking cool. And they played like some of my favorite songs of theirs that I that I really love. And which admittedly, they don't always, they haven't played often in their career, some of those songs. They don't get around all the time. So the show's over, and we go outside. We're standing there, and Sarah's like, I, I brought these TSOL booklets from the CDs. I want to get them signed by the lead singer, Jack. That would be awesome. And Jack's kind of, it's not that he's like a superstar or celebrity. He's just enigmatic a little bit I guess is the way to say like you don't really know how to read the guy and Sarah just on her gut feeling walked up and started talking to him and made friends with this dude and he likes our band on Instagram now which is really crazy to even say that and like it's just very interesting that we got to go see these punk legends and um then personally interact with them and then have something to take away with us that 
is cool. You know, that's a really cool thing. Uh, another thing that's interesting, there's some band called I Hate God, E-Y-E-H-A-T-E-G-O-D, all one word, all capital letters, right? I Hate God. I just learned this because a fan messaged us, but their guitar player, Mike Eleven, I think is what his name was. I'm bad at this, but is like a, a fan of our band, likes us on Facebook. I didn't have any clue. Totally oblivious. Had no idea. So that's pretty awesome. That was that was pretty much the weekend. You know, last night, we um, before the attempted podcast, I had made... This is probably what happened. I probably got food drunk is what is what actually happened because I made chicken and waffles last night, and it was really good. Um, it, I mean, it was really, really... I impressed the shit out of myself. But then we had this cherry pie cobbler thing and I ate two slices of that and I probably should only had one and I think I just overindulged a little bit too and it was just throwing my chi off a little bit because I feel pretty great right now like I'm in the pocket and I'm feeling good about this show so we you know we ate chicken and waffles hung out and now I'm just sitting here recording this podcast for you fine folks so let's get into it man you guys are here for comic book news. I bring you the comic book news and all the things around the comic book news. But let's actually go right into the pages of the comics because let me just give you guys a little bit of a heads up. In two short days, The Walking Dead 192 is going to be dropping, folks. It's a 30-page banger of a book. I don't know anything that happens inside, and usually you get a little preview. But this week, they said they couldn't even show a preview of The Walking Dead because every panel in the book is a spoiler. That's how intense this issue is. Meaning it's going to be a definite key issue, meaning it's going to fly off shelves. Meaning that if you are a true comic book fan and love Rick Grimes, this is an issue for you to pick up. Don't sleep on it and don't say, I did not warn you because it's happening. The death of Rick Grimes is coming this week on The Walking Dead. Mark my words. Or something even more miraculous, like he'll become undying. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. That would make him a walker. We don't really want that. So cancel that last thing. I said. I'm going to need to cancel the last thing I said on the order. Other than that, you know, The Walking Dead, we've also got uh, issue 193 building after this. And they, they've shown the cover and they've teased that it's going to be the return of a major character. So we've got the possible death of our leader, Rick Grimes, and the return of Negan, perhaps, which I think is fitting because I feel like if anybody is going to lead Alexandria into a brave new world, it's actually going to be Negan or Carl, which I would love to see Carl take a leadership role in that regard. But uh, things are all kerfuffled right now if Rick Grimes really is dead, but we'll have to see. So let's get into some other stuff now, folks. As uh, you know, I will say Spider-Man, the most recent Spider-Man comic, I think it was uh, 66, maybe 56, something like that, 6. I think it had a 6 in it. I I forgot to write the actual issue down because I'm a dumbass, but uh, they killed Craven the Hunter's dad, who's been a major character, and... Um, in a really sick, twisted fashion, Craven killed his dad because he thought it was Spider-Man. 
And I'm not going to go further into that. If you want to read the book, go get it, go pick it up. It's on uh, shelves now. But it's crazy, man. The um, comic books don't kill off characters very much anymore in a prominent manner. And, you know, it's really bizarre because as a, as a true comic book fan, like if as a purist, okay, you want to say like, leave history where history is and those books are are the history of these characters and sometimes there were missteps in the history and sometimes there's things that you'd like to forget or pretend you know didn't actually transpire in the history books um with these characters you know but the thing is is that there's also part of me that's like man I wish we could literally just hit the full genuine reset button on every character. Have no memory that there were any characters that existed before other than that we like these characters. Hey, we like all these different characters because we've seen them before, but we don't know anything about them. They're new. They're fresh. What are, what are the stories they're going to tell? And then get a fresh reset and a genuine reset that is, listen, the problem is is that these companies buy into the idea they're going to relaunch their brand and do something better and different with their character, and they start off with the right intentions, but then they never follow through. They always get cold feet, or sales don't do what they want them to, and they got to try to find a way to up sales again. And and it's like, okay, well, we've done fifty six issues of this volume, and no one gives a shit now. So looks like we're gonna have to go go ahead. We're, I guess we're just gonna have to start at number one again and get people interested again. And it's just like this cycle and I hate it. You know, I think that these companies need to just follow through with a volume and take it as far as they can without giving up based on sales. The old companies didn't do that. That's why amazing Spider-Man volume one is 700 fucking issues. Well, actually, I mean, technically there were two volumes, I did forget that thing that happened in 2001 where they split it into volume two, but then they renumbered it backwards to to go back into being in the same volume because they realized that it was dumb to split their volume. They had created this history, and it's like some of these books, genuinely, if they never would have been revolumed, would have in the thousands of issues. And that's 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 saying something, you know? Like, we had a thousand consistent issues of a book. That's a long fucking time, man. That's decades of time worth of comics. And I don't know. That's just me riffing on the whole volumes thing and and the rebooting and all that shit. Like, Walking Dead's not ever going to reboot. They didn't go, oh, sales dipped this month. We better fucking start over and start Rick Grimes on a new journey. No, they hold true to the story. And they're letting the story play out because they know that their true fans will stay the course. And that when it's all said and done, people are going to be like, wow, The Walking Dead was like a great piece of, of comic book history, really. You know? So let's get into, well, let's go from the pages. Let's now move to the screen. Because you guys know we've been following the Avengers Endgame uh, heading towards what we know as a collision course with Avatar for the top spot in the number one all-time rated or all-time highest money-making movies, right, at the box office. So right now, Avatar sits, again, comfortably, for now, uh, with 
it looks like a $75 million difference between Endgame and Avatar. So it, we're sewing this thing up real quick, folks. This is getting closer and closer and closer. One thing I suspect is if this doesn't happen by the end of this month, in one month when we're watching Spider-Man Far From Home, Endgame's number is just like Captain Marvel before Endgame. Endgame's numbers will spike again because people are going to be like, oh my god, I'm going to go see Endgame and then immediately go see Far From Home. So I have this like really cool experience. And they're going to. And it's going to drive the number of Endgame up. And Endgame is going to be, boop, knocking Avatar out of the top spot. I think it will get to $2.8 billion. I do not know if it can reach $3 billion. I don't know if it can reach $2.9 billion, but I do know that it's going to go over this uh, $2.788 billion that Avatar has has made. I mean, and like I, like I say, and I talk about it often, Avatar had a dual uh, release. They split their release. They did a long run when it first came out and then did a winter run around Christmas that helped boost their overall box office numbers. That's not happening here. So let's... Let's just see. I think, again, I think by July we will know the end game is reigning supreme. But, you know, one thing that I want to say that's very interesting about Endgame is that uh, while it's the closing chapter of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there might be a new chapter coming to Marvel, and that is the MGU. Now, if you don't know what the MGU is, I'm going to fill you in right now. There's one uh, linchpin in the MGU, and that is Marvel's Spider-Man. It was the PlayStation 4 exclusive game. It was really, really fun to play. I beat that game, devastated it. There's a few little minor side quests and stuff I need to sew up. But all in all, the game is absolutely fantastic. But what's the MGU, you ask? Well... The next game that's going to most likely be announced sometime looks like June 11th, so a little over a week, about eight days from now, we will be getting the official announcement that the Avengers Project, now called Marvel Avengers, will be dropping probably later this year or early next year. Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics did not divulge any other details, but it is supposed to be a major cooperative game involving multiple characters that exist in Marvel's lineage. The fact that if you could literally imagine a game like Marvel's Spider-Man, where you can go to Avengers Tower, interact with Wolverine, and they're like, do you want to accept a mission as Wolverine? Boop, yes. Now you're Wolverine. You're roaming the city in New York. You're on a mission. You maybe are using Wolverine's ability to smell to track somebody through the city. You find him. It leads you to oh, shit, it's actually Juggernaut that you were tracking and you didn't know it, and now you have a big-ass fight with him, you know? And then all these little battles that are happening throughout your different characters. I'm just riffing that I hope this is what they do. It would be awesome if then all those little characters are being ran by a bigger character, Magneto or whoever, and then a bigger character, and then a, and then a larger boss, and then you have to start actually working as a team. Because one thing I do know also... It will have cooperative play, and it will also give you team-ups. So you can use one character with another character to create super power moves. And uh, this game looks and sounds very innovative. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what they do with this. We'll find out. Uh, you guys probably won't hear it until JIC 248, I think. Just because this will come out a day after 
next week's episode. As we inch closer to 250, who knows who might be my illustrious co-host. Clues abound. Clues aplenty. Maybe you know. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you are the co-host. Maybe I'm talking into your ear. Maybe I'm whispering softly. Okay, I'll stop that craziness now. Anyways, so yeah, the MGU could spawn more games, more individual character stories and their own games, other team-up stories and their own games. Um, This could be a very large first step. We'll have to see what Marvel ends up doing. Looking forward to it. Speaking of Avengers stuff, you know, it's interesting because, and I want to riff on this because I think AP covered it the other day, but uh, AP had covered on one of his episodes, like, spoilers, are they good, are they bad, can they help, can they not? Apparently, Stephen Amell asked to be spoiled for Endgame because he knew he wasn't going to be seeing the game for, or he wasn't seeing the movie for several weeks, and because he wasn't going to be seeing the movie, he just wanted someone to tell him what actually happened so he could be even more excited because... You know, it can kind of build excitement sometimes when you are uh, deciding to, um, like, if you get a spoiler, you know, when you get spoiled by something, it kind of gives you anticipation versus everyone else. And in doing that, it's it's a good thing, I think, because, okay, I, I guess I don't know where to really go with this, because let me break it down. I like spoilers if it's something I'm not terribly invested in personally, okay? But I don't think I really get down with spoilers if it's something I'm really deeply invested in because it takes away from the first-time experience, you know? And sure, it could be fun and, and, and exciting to know and lord that over other people in the audience or whatever that you kind of know what's going to happen in the anticipation of seeing how everybody else is going to react to a moment you are anticipating. Uh, but I I don't know. I don't think, like I said, Stephen Amell asked to get spoiled for Endgame. He didn't say, and, and you know, someone said and told him how it ends, and he was thankful of that, you know. But I don't think that would have been my play. If I can't see it for a couple weeks, I'm just dodging motherfuckers or finding time, making time, forcing myself to get time to, to see it. But anyways speaking of uh marvel stuff the guy the person that we're following on twitter now roger wardell we're gonna go back to his page he's dropped a couple of recent tweets here at the end of may i don't think i covered now i know i didn't cover these because these dropped the day after tyler and i's last episode that we did last week so roger wardell to like literally the day our episode dropped he resp- almost seemingly responded to, there are no plans to add Deadpool in an MCU Spider-Man 3, but Sony desperately wants Tom Hardy's Venom in that movie. Deadpool had his own movies, but never showed up in the X-Men films. It will be the same for the MCU. So, interesting that they're going to try to keep Deadpool kind of his own separate thing, possibly. Another interesting thing that Roger Wardell says and we're going to hold his words tight because we want to make sure that uh, we keep kind of a record of everything this account is saying because as we've seen this person has been very accurate in their previous assumptions and of course 
months from now we're going to find out if some of this stuff is true or maybe weeks who knows but the next one's pretty big because marvel studios are a big fan of david morrissey he played the governor in the walking dead and are currently considering multiple roles for him in phase four multiple roles who knows it doesn't matter he's a great casting there are so many fantastic actors that are still not in the mcu that we need to lock up keanu reeves is another one just saying I would like uh, Daniel Radcliffe, the guy that played Harry Potter, to make an MCU appearance of some sorts. And the fucking... Um, uh, I can't think of that dude's name. Anyways. Uh, Roger Wardell, we appreciate your possible truth. I guess we'll see. We're really going to have to see here where this goes. But uh, up next, I have an interesting little thing because uh, Fat Man on Batman had... Zach Stentz, he's written some different things. X-Men, First Class, The First Thor, uh, Rim of the World. I think that's a new show on Netflix. But uh, he actually... He actually shed some very interesting light on something. Because he said on the Fat Man Beyond podcast, so the other thing that's never going to happen is the version that Ashley Miller and I did of the fa- Ashley Miller and I did on the Fantastic Four. There was a version of the movie they had written. Uh, Josh Trank, who ended up doing the Fantastic Four that we saw in theaters, we were supposed to be writing the script for him, but nobody told him that we were doing it. So when he officially on, when he officially signed on, he was like, "Why are you imposing these other writers on me? I want to use my own writer. I want to do my own script." And he did his version instead. Stentz added, It was one of those hammer blows to our career at the time, even though we had gotten paid, because I was so freaking proud of that script. It was how the Fantastic Four were almost the Fantastic Five, except a young man named Victor Von Doom was just too damaged and effed up to be a part of them. It was a script I was very proud of. Josh Trank didn't want to do it. Stentz went on to explain that he and Trank have since buried the hatchet over the writer's negative comments. He revealed that he wrote a secret project for Fox, a crossover with many of their popular characters, including Deadpool, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, and at the time, Daredevil. He went on to say, Ashley Miller and I, I think when we were working at Fox, we were working on X-Men First Class. We did a secret movie for them. I can't tell you what the plot was, but I can tell you that it used all of the characters, all the Marvel characters that Fox had at the time in 2011. It used the X-Men. It used the Fantastic Four. It used the Daredevil. It used Deadpool. Daredevil was still at Fox at the time. We almost had Paul Greengrass direct it, which would have been so cool, but he had another project to do instead. It didn't end up going, but it was a script I was really proud of, and it would have been really good. wonder what that would have been like to have that kind of a crossover featuring all those characters, Deadpool and and the X-Men and the Fantastic Four. I mean... Which versions of those? Because, I mean, man, that there are so many questions. Are they rebooting those? some of those characters? A secret project. Hopefully someday this guy reveals like what the plot was, because I would love to know the deeper details. Let's get into it. We're at the... Uh, we're actually, shockingly, I know it's going to be a shorter show this week, folks, but we're at the end of the show here. We've only got one more thing to talk about, but it is probably going to take up a little bit of time. It happened. My fear happened, and I'm just going to be calm about it. I'm going to take a very stoic and uh, positive approach to this because it is official. 
Robert Pattinson is confirmed as our Batman. Deadline has reported that Robert Pattinson has landed the coveted role. And he did a bunch of crazy screen tests. And Matt Reeves has returned, has confirmed that he is going to be doing a trilogy at Warner Brothers with Robert Pattinson as Batman. Um, and also that they're going to be tracking Bruce Wayne in his formative stages of Batman, which is why they needed an actor in his early 30s. This movie will most likely be Batman on top in his best form with a lot of challenges ahead and not an origin story or not an old man after the fact. Cream of the crop, prime time Batman. And here's the thing. And this is where my ears perked up because, oh, okay. So uh, they also said that it's very much a point of view-driven noir Batman. So that's exciting. But here's what the movie's rumored to include, and this is where my ears perked up. I just complained just last week or a couple episodes ago that if you just feature Catwoman and Penguin, it's just doing Batman Returns over, and that's fucking boring. I don't want it. But according to a new report from Forbes, Robin is also a strong candidate to appear in the new film alongside of Catwoman, Penguin, and now... The Riddler. Commissioner Gordon and Alfred are also likely to show up in the film. The report does not confirm whether it'll be Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, or Damian Wayne. It could even possibly be Carrie Kelly or even Stephanie Brown, though. The last one doesn't really seem likely. The last couple don't seem likely, but who knows? Uh, Robert Pattinson's 32, 32 years old, and um, what is it? Pat Fleck? Battison, I think it's Pat, 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 Battison, Battison. Yeah, that's what they're calling him, Battison. So, uh, we're talking about Battison here, and I don't know. I'm going to give him a chance. I think that with the possibility that they're adding Robin, the possibility Riddler might be included, what seemingly now a totally different take. I know it's like, all you did is add Riddler, Nate. It's not that different, but... The dynamic of adding Riddler, Catwoman, and Penguin into a story, especially how they interacted and worked in Gotham, at least those characters and those versions of those characters, rather. Having any version of that on the big screen or using them in those kinds of capacity would be actually really cool. I would really love to see. I just don't know who in the hell they're going to cast as the Riddler. Uh, my vote would be David Tennant, although I don't know if that's even a possibility, because uh, he he's you know obviously a little bit older. I don't think you want a Riddler that's the exact same age as your Bruce Wayne. You need him to be just a little bit older and a little bit driven off the deep end, because all his kooky ideas haven't worked, while Bruce Wayne has just been famous and everything's went well for him, at least on the surface, except for his parents being murdered brutally in the alleyway. That's Less good and, and more bad, for sure. But um, like I said, I'm just going to let this play out. I'm going to let them slowly reveal who the different cast is. We're going to find at some point out um, a trailer. We're going to get a, a logo. We're going to get all kinds of stuff. I know they officially dropped a Twitter. So there's now a DC's Batman Twitter. Uh, I, I noticed that DC has now taken the Marvel approach. They're doing DC's movie title. Um, because... 
in the MCU, Marvels, Iron Man, Marvels, Incredible Hulk, Marvels, the Avengers. It's always Marvels, the blah, blah, blah. It was never just Daredevil. It was never just Spider-Man, those movies, or Doctor Strange, or any of those things. Marvel's name is on the top of that. And I think that's clever marketing, and it's also smart branding, uh, ultimately. So DC taking another page from Marvel. Imagine that. They always share ideas back and forth a little bit. It's like, how can we be better? How can we be more like them? I think another thing that's nice is this Robert Pattinson uh, Batman is not going to take place in the DCEU as we currently know it. That is not happening. So they're not trying to tie this to Shazam. Shazam is already part of a dead series. Isn't that sad? Like all the things that can't, like all that stuff they worked for doesn't matter. Shazam doesn't matter. Aquaman doesn't matter. Wonder Woman 2, meh, who knows? I don't know. DC, step up your game a little bit, though. Maybe once Batman is reinvigorated and done right, they will find that they can do other characters more accurately and get some sort of better groove. I think Warner Brothers' hands is too firmly in the DC pocket, though. I think if DC was allowed to just make movies for DC's sake and, you know kind of have the Marvel reign. I hate to say that again, but it really is. Marvel, Disney does not step on their toes. Disney goes, oh, we fucking trust you guys know what you're doing because it's worked 22 times. Like, that. those odds aren't very, I mean, 22 out of 22, perfect. It's pretty damn good, I'd say. But anyways, folks, again, I want to just say I'm sorry for the delay of the episode crazy fucking inability to breathe last night and just didn't want to send you guys home with some shitty episode that wasn't like in with my heart in it you know and and I'm feeling real good today and I thought man give you guys my absolute best arena so anyways I want to say thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Journey into Comics if you want you can check out the Journey into Comics podcast at the Journey into Comics network at journeyintocomics.com Com. You can get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, and many others. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. Very important that you do that because if you search for foodies watching movies or something, you're not going to find it. You might find individual episodes, but you're going to be like, why can't I subscribe? It's because you're subscribing to the Journey Into Comics Network where you'll get all kinds of different content on one feed. It's all you'll need. Got great shows like Poor 360, Journey into Wrestling, Foodies, Watching Movies, Adulting Ain't Easy, Podcastrophy, Kids for Sale, Crucial Tunes, The Voice of Survival Podcast, Gallifradio Brews with Dudes, and Dungeons with Dudes, as well as a couple new ones debuting shortly, folks. I want to say thank you guys so much for listening to this second try episode of Journey into Comics 246. I have been your host, Nate. Thank you guys so much for listening in. As always, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Later, guys.